ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we welcome you back to the 500 Mile Podcast. My name is Justin Kolb, alongside, as always, Michael Skinner. Michael had some action go down at the paperclip, lots to talk about, so uh, let's get into it. Uh, we have a lot of talk about. We don't really have a lot of action. That's true. That's fair. So, All right, uh, well... Before we get into that, let's do a little bit of house cleaning here first, because we did have some news drop today and throughout this week. Uh, first, want to go over the new uh, nominees, I guess nom- not nominees, but entry entrance into the greatest 75 in NASCAR this week. Uh, had Greg Biffle, Sterling Marlin, and Ryan Newman join that list. Ryan Newman joined it today. So uh, those are the three new entrants into that list. Um I would say deserving, um, you know, maybe not the greatest accolades, but definitely in their time, they are the names that you knew the most or that were the the hardest to uh, to get around for Ryan Newman for sure. But, you know, just week to week, those were some of the best guys that you had to beat week in and week out in their time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I When I look at these three names, the one thing that, you know, obviously as a, as a sticking point is, is no... Uh, you know, no cup titles, but throughout their illustrious careers in the cup series, if you, if you go back and look, uh, you know, those three names all had very, very good shots at winning, uh, winning a championship at one point and the other. Um, you know, I think when we look at names like this, you know, we kind of take for granted what, how hard it used to be to win uh, when, you know, one cup series championship, you know, it seems like now with the, with the way the, the system is, it's a little bit easier Um you know, but back back then, I mean, you got to think these guys were growing up against, you know, the likes of Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, uh, even Dale Earnhardt for for Sterling Marlin, Rusty Wallace. Uh, so they there there weren't any slouches, um, you know, back then. So yeah, uh, I think they're they're deserving. I mean, heck, I mean, Greg Biffle literally came out of retirement, won a truck race, then went back to retirement. I was like one for one, I'm done. Um, you know, which was which was pretty cool. Um, you know, Sterling Marlin again well-deserved, you know, back-to-back Daytona 500 winner, um, you know, had a shot in 02 to win the, win the championship there. Honestly, probably was going to go and go on and win that championship had it not been for uh, his accident with uh, hurting his neck and then being replaced by uh, Jimmy McMurray. Cause you know, McMurray went out there and won, uh, you know, the, I think it was, what was it? The bank of America 500 back then, I think it was called. Um, so, you know, I'd imagine that he would have probably had a similar, very similar result there. Um, and then what can you say about about Ryan Newman? He's a rocket man. Uh, you know, he 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 made qualifying really fun to watch. Uh, you know, that's something that we kind of miss now is that, you know, the 900 horsepower, which we'll talk about later, screaming down into turn one. And man, Ryan Newman, he was he was the best. Um, Not even just qualifying, I'd argue. Whenever he knew that he needed, he needed to get 110% out of that car, he would get it. Because the one that sticks into my mind the most is that last restart in Homestead in 2014, where he may not have had the best car, but man, he certainly got all he could out of that car. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, super, super well-deserving names. Uh, excited to see um, who's going to be announced the next two days, I believe. Uh, and I know over the weekend, so we'll see who's next. Um, you know, I don't even know what that puts us up to. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't actually sit, down, sit there and count it. So, um, are, are we at 65 yet? 
I don't think so. I think we just passed over 50. I believe, yeah, I was going to say, I believe 60, we're... Sorry. Did we just pass over? I don't know. There was too many. I think we just passed over 60, but, uh, but yeah, super, super well-deserving. Um, like I said, excited to see the next couple of names. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that we'll, we'll see the likes of, uh, you know, Dylan Hart Jr., you know, Kyle Busch, uh, you know, Kevin Harvick, names like that are, are going to be in the fold as well. So pretty cool. Um, it's excited to see these guys get recognized, uh, you know, by, by NASCAR for, for their hard work. For sure. And uh, next up, I believe some news that yeah came out yesterday morning. Um, basically, NASCAR, uh, not really even the um, final appeal officer. It was really NASCAR themselves that kind of overruled this and um, gave colleague their points back. Um, they basically acknowledged that it was the same penalty as Hendrick, and I'll read out NASCAR's statement because it kind of threw me for a loop in a good way. Um their statement from yesterday was uh, NASCAR believes that Colleg Racing committed the violations documented in the penalty notice, that the penalties were appropriate, and that the three-person appeals panel ruled correctly when hearing the Colleg appeal on April 5th. However, in the interest of treating competitor or all competitors fairly, NASCAR today requested that the final appeals officer remove the race and playoff points from the penalty the colleague and Hendrick Motorsports violations included the or involved the same modified part found during the same race weekend modified louver at Phoenix Raceway and with fairness and consistency top of mind NASCAR requested that the final appeals officer or the FAO match the final final Hendrick Motorsports penalty so I saw that and I even tweeted as such that was the first time that I think we've really seen NASCAR kind of just take one on the chin kind of acknowledge that you know the system may not have been the best and just corrected it themselves took it on the chin and they'll move on from that um again i was kind of caught off guard but i loved the call it was i mean we argued it when they made that call it was the call that it should have been in the first place so i guess in the end of it michael uh nascar in the end got it right yeah, um, you know, NASCAR is kind of put in a, a tough spot with that first uh, first appeal. You know, first thing I'm going to say is um, I think both penalties should have stuck regardless. Um, but you can't, you can't, like I said, the, the biggest thing is if it's the same penalty, how can you have two different appeal boards look at it? Because you're going to get two different results, and that's exactly what we saw. And, you know, even NASCAR saw the kind of flaw in their system. Had it just been Hendrick Motorsports, and this happens three, four weeks, maybe a month later, it probably isn't as magnified and it probably doesn't make um, as big of a, you know, wave in, in, in the industry. Um, but I think that we found the flaw in the appeals process, you know, um, you know, li even listening to Denny's, Denny's podcast last week, you know, looking at the flaws in the process on how the appeal process works, uh, you know, he he got fined more points than teams cheating at this point, you know. So I think that goes I think that goes a long way to kind of just get an idea of of like where NASCAR is is going. I I do think that the next time this happens, you know, NASCAR is put in place to where a black and white penalty will then continue to stick. 
Um, because I think that's the only way that we can kind of stop the things that are happening now, right? Unfortunately for the three team, which we're going to talk about here in a second, with their penalty that was announced, right? This one is black and white. They are not going to get any of that stuff back, regardless if they appeal, because it's not going to be a 50-50 split. It's all or nothing. And, you know, you have to... Yeah, and you have to recognize that it's it, it's always harder to prove 100% innocence and 100% guilt than it is 50% innocent, 50% guilt. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this next appeal process goes for the three team. And I think that'll really give us a real indication on where kind of NASCAR is trending uh, with that, with the appeal process. For sure. And we'll segue right in since you brought it up. Uh, the three team was hit with a L1 penalty today. Uh, this means that crew chief Keith Rodden was fined $75,000 and suspended from the next two points races. So the next two races, uh, the team and the driver were assessed a loss of 60 points and five playoff points. Um, and what was discussed determined to be the issue was that the team violated the overall assembled vehicle rules related to the underwing assembly and hardware that came directly from nascar.com and what was reported there. So um, they did announce today uh, that they will be appealing this. So their quote uh, was, we are disappointed with the penalty that NASCAR issued to Richard Childress Racing following the recent NASCAR Cup Series race at Martinsville Speedway and plan to go through the appeal process. Um, Michael, like you said, I don't really know that they'll get very far with this, but, um, they will try and appeal this to get what they can back. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to, going to get very far. Um, you know, especially, like I said, especially with the precedent NASCAR set with the, with the changing of the appeal process. Um, you know, I think this one's kind of just going to be what it is. Uh, and I think it should be, you know, regardless of, of who it is, if you, you know, if you break the rule of messing with, you know, parts that are not supposed to be messed with, then it's got to be, it, it's got to be a penalty. You can't, there can't be any leeway. There can't be any gray area, right? Because that's what got us in a lot of trouble before is we had this gray area that, you know, NASCAR allowed, you know, five, six, you know, inches, five, six things here, 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 right? But those five, six inches worth two, three tenths on the racetrack. And if we're going to stick to, what NASCAR wants it to be, then we can't give teams that opportunity as much as that kind of sucks. We have to be black and white. We have to have a governing body that holds our race teams accountable in situations like this. Um, but in, in all fairness, if, you know, looking at the, the, the penalty, um, you know, the fine and the points, the only thing I will say about this is uh, they should actually have given uh the the three car 60 points uh especially for running like an average of 25th while cheating um <clears throat> i think that's pretty impressive i don't think we have to worry about the five playoff points because i don't i don't think he's going to get five this year or next year combined uh and i and another thing on top of that is i'm pretty sure everybody that's a that's an awesome fan is probably pretty excited keith rodden is going to be gone for the next two races <laughs> so I don't know. It may work out for him. I don't know. Yeah, all in all, a win-win for the three teams. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, we'll have to uh, see what comes of that appeal and what happens with that race team moving forward. Time will tell with that, but that is all the news that we had off the racetrack this weekend. 
we will uh, we'll now dive into what happened on the racetrack. And we did make some history this weekend, Friday night into Saturday morning for some people on the East Coast. Uh, NASCAR decided that um, since there was some rain that hit the track on Friday night for the truck race, Michael and I were going back and forth. I was like, there's no way that they're going to get this race in. Like when I had, I left to go get food and I texted Michael, there was a literal river flowing down the French straightaway. I saw it like it was going across the, uh, the, the curbing. I saw it. I was like, they're not going to get this race in. There's no way. And it was already late to a point where I, I didn't think that they were going to even bother with it, but lo and behold, they got the track to 90% dry and decided that they wanted to put rain tires 95. on it. 95. Sorry. That, I was being generous. The only part that wasn't dry was Pira. Yeah, so I'll get to 15. I'll, I'll, no, don't, don't you worry. I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, they dried off the river, got the track mostly dry, and then decided that they were going to put rain tires on it. In NASCAR's defense, hold on. In NASCAR's defense, I'm glad that they didn't go overboard with this, trying it out. I'm glad they that they kind of took them some sailing, sailing into turn one. Good. We got No, I'm I'm glad that uh... they didn't do that. To it begin with, hold, hold, let me finish my statement here, Michael. Hang on. Yes, they started it on dry. I'm glad that they didn't send them in to, you know, a complete shit show of a situation, potentially. However, they called the race past halfway when they knew that they were going to get to that point. And that track at that point, you probably could have just blown off. The, if they, if we were going to invest in the, the rain tires, they had already started that night. If you were going to go all the way, you could have just blown the standing water off of it and let them go. Like if we're gonna well, if we're gonna uh, try, they took the baby step in that night and were like, okay, this could kind of work. You could have went to the next step that night and been like, okay, well, how far can we get away with this? Because at that point, the race was already gonna be official. You could have just blown the standing water off of it and sent them out there. If it didn't work, you could have, you know, put them back on pit road, dried it off a little bit more, and sent them back out. Whatever you wanted to do, but. I mean, you had a chance to go a little bit farther and see what more you could have done that night, and they didn't. Instead, instead, we wasted what thirty like minutes, 20, thirty no, thirty minutes eight, before the race even started to get everybody ready. Then they let them out there. They ran what twenty-seven laps through the caution, which was fine. Like I said, I'm glad that they tried out the rain tires and then send them out into a horrible situation. But my problem is, then we wasted. 15 20 laps just drying off pit road like what was the point of it at that point we had just ran a race at texas that was doing non-competitive pit stops we could have just very easily said all right guys we're not doing competitive pit stops that night because i mean the way that i heard it explained on the radio was you cannot lose positions on pit road but you have to beat the pace car back out off the track and if we're just doing it that way sure leave it non-competitive all night just just let it let it run. You could you could work on that, you know, during stage breaks or whatever you want to do. But the fact that we wasted 15, 20 laps, like a good 20 minutes just sitting there while they dried off pit road. Like for what reason? I, I think I know the reason. I think they wanted to waste enough time to when the rain would get there and they could have just perfectly got it to halfway like they did and then call it that way. I think that was the main point all along. But I'm glad that in to close out. I'm glad that they waited or they kind of took it easy in the beginning, but they completely missed an opportunity to go a step further later in that race. I, I, I'm actually going to go the opposite argument. 
I think NASCAR is soft. Uh, Just like that tire? And uh, to, to be fair to that tire, too, in the situation, a, a it was a great tire. tire. All year. Yeah, it was a great tire. Goodyear could actually make something that pro- provides good racing. Uh, all right, let me let me let me just start at the top. All right, so let's start at the beginning. All right, break it okay. down. Okay, every every driver literally said they would have rather just started on slicks, mm-hmm. right? That is telling you how dry that racetrack was. If they were willing to go down into the corner on slicks, unknown, after hours of a rain delay. That's telling you how dry that racetrack was under the pace laps. And I just want to be fair because there was a little bit of gray, like or darkness in that racetrack, so it wasn't completely dry, but it was it was dry enough. Yeah, because hey, so I think NASCAR took the easy way out, easy way out at the beginning, just to say that they ran on the rain tires, and then I think that they kind of chickened out towards the end of it by saying there was it was too much rain. Right. The the a- reason that we. The reason that we have the rain tires, right, and the windshield wipers is to run in the rain. You know, they were talking about, oh, it produced too much spray. How do we know? How do we know? That's why we have the windshield wipers for. Let's actually use them. Well, they weren't for the rain. They were for wet weather. Yeah, wet weather. Okay. But why not just use it during the wet? You don't want to make things wet? Fucking water. Yeah. Okay. Like, it wasn't like, I'm not saying that they need to go out there in torrential downpour. But the drivers were walk the drivers were walking to their trailers at the end of the race without umbrellas. Right? If it starts sprinkling a little too hard, umbrella, right? Don't want to get don't want to get the press the precious athlete dirt uh wet, okay? So if they weren't if they didn't have umbrellas over them, it wasn't raining that hard, I promise. Um yeah, it's just kind of honest honestly, I wish we could have ran that tire in the dry all week. All weekend, just bolt that tire on, and we would have had so many good races. Uh, I, the I one think thing... real quick, Timmy Hill put it perfectly for the beginning of that race was they wait or we wasted an extra twenty four hundred dollars to help them dry the racetrack per That's team. Yeah, yeah, per team twenty four dollars per team for those for those rain tires. Um, yeah, they worked. Okay, now let's not be as hesitant to to try it. Bolt them on when it's raining. The only way we're ever going to know what's possible and what's not possible is by doing it, it right yep. yeah i mean this was this whole race was the absolute perfect opportunity to go out there and try it and i just think they fumbled it completely through the whole thing they waited too long they ran 60 caution laps okay they didn't let the rain tires drive down a wet weather pit road to just change on to slicks right which again like you said could have had a non-competition pit stop pit stop and then first, right, and above that, if pit road is dry, why do teams have to have non-competition pit stops to go from, right? They dried it, right? They wasted the time drying it, right? Why? I don't understand. Just just have a non-competition pit stop. It's yeah. just, just. Especially if, if it's decision, so late in the it. night already. You know, and I think that, you know, it, yeah, yeah. It was it was such a good opportunity that that NASCAR just fumbled on, and and I think the thing that makes me the most frustrated is we're, you know, we see it every week, you know, and it, we'll we'll talk. And I know we didn't put it on our notes, right? But I want to talk about the tire that sat on the racetrack for three laps that nobody saw. Like like 
NASCAR sometimes just cannot get out of their own way, right? And it's just like they just fumble. They just fumble this opportunity, which you know I thought the whole rain thing on the oval. I thought it was kind of stupid, but I was excited for it. You know, I how many how many times have I texted you when we got to a a, a, a short oval that has a rain chance? I'm like rain tires. You know, like I'm genuinely excited to see what what they can do. Um, and the only thing that we learned is that a soft tire makes a really good race tire. I mean, that's, that's the only thing that, that we kind of learned out of all that is that we need all the series to run the same compound that was into that, uh, that rain tire. But yeah, just, they kind of fumbled it, which is kind of frustrating. Um, it just, they made the race team stay there for like 16 hours to yeah. just do, just, it was just dumb. Just it was to, dumb. Just to do that. Whatever I think was. I yeah I, I I think the the person that really described it best was probably Brett Griffin on uh, uh I can't on Dorm over clear yeah I, I, you know I think he said it best uh, you know just had an opportunity and just kind of made themselves look dumb by by not trying it you know yeah because if because if we're not going to do that then we don't need mud flaps then we don't need uh, we don't need rain tires, and honestly, we don't. We don't need the windshield wiper. Just go back to being normal, because uh, I don't remember what driver said it, but basically, they could have done the same. It would have taken almost the same amount of time or less time to take the jet dryer out there to just dry up the rest of the stuff that was wet than it did to run twenty caution laps and then bolt on rain tires. So yeah, kind of just kind of silly. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, the only thing that we can really hope is the next time is better since they have, I guess, some knowledge of this now. So um, here's hoping for a better outing next time. Uh, really quickly uh, in the truck race, just one more thing to go over because, I mean, it was uh, a long time coming. Carson Hosevar, finally, uh, NASCAR does something about his antics. Uh, he intentionally tried to turn the 17 of Taylor Gray on Friday night. Uh, NASCAR saw that, and, I mean, it was clear as day. There's nothing you can really argue against that. Um, and NASCAR saw that and said, hey, dude, that's not really cool. You're going to go ahead and sit on pit road for two laps. So um, I guess, if anything, I'm glad they're finally doing something about the the shenanigans that these guys do in that series because, I mean, it's been happening for years, and it seems like we're only now doing stuff about it. So I guess I hope that this is a trend that continues. He actually, I just want to put this out, he actually in, tried to intentionally wreck somebody and alter the ending of the race. Um, however, he still did not get a point penalty or a fine like Denny Hammond. <laughs> I, just, sure. I just want to point that out. He actually physically did the thing <laughs> that NASCAR told Denny Hammond that was race altering. He didn't even get a penalty for it. Um, I mean, what can you say? It's, he's he's trying to be Ross Chastain, Ross Chastain, uh, Ross Chastain Jr. There, so um, honestly, it's when he lost that race at Charlotte last year. Um, he's really kind of been on like a downward spiral. Uh, if you go back and look, I mean, he was he was a a, a fan favorite before uh, before that. It, you know, he he got to Charlotte, almost won that race. Was a fan favorite. Everybody was excited, waiting for you know, his next opportunity to go out there and win. 
And then ever since then, he's just kind of been blah. You know, his performance hasn't been very good. The team hasn't been very good. Um, he hasn't, you know, the the his he hasn't had the trucks to go up there and win. Uh, you know, and he's just kind of gotten more almost desperate as it seems. Uh, you know, so it, it it's unfortunate. It, the biggest thing is it's unfortunate because I do think that he's a good race car driver. And I don't think that he's a bad guy, but I think that he had a, he was having a bad time and he kind of got into, you know, this bad mentor stage where Ross kind of was, you know, the mentor at Nice Motorsports for the way things are supposed to be done. And I think Carson kind of just started taking it a little too far when things weren't going his way and he wasn't winning races and bad luck was happening and things like that. And I think he just kind of lost his way. And it's going to hurt him and his chances in the future. Because honestly, I think that he could have been a potential opportunity to be in a colleague car or a junior motorsports car at some point in time in the past year and a half. And he doesn't have those opportunities. And the only reason that I can point out why is because of these antics. You're, you, know, you, you can't tell me that Carson Osafar isn't isn't a better race car driver than Derek Krause. All right. I, I personally think Carson, Carson Osavar would have been a better option in the 10 car. Derek Krause is doing a fantastic job, two top tens. Um, you know, but I still think that Carson has more potential and he's just not getting those opportunities and looks because of, you know, these, these reasons. So it, it's, it's kind of disappointing because I think we all were kind of excited about a year ago for him trying to get his first win, and then it all just kind of uh, turned upside down. Very quickly, too. So, hoping that's the uh, that the trend that you know follows that in that truck series because there's a lot of those shenanigans that uh, need to get you know taken care of like that one did. So, hoping that continues. One uh one thing I do kind of want to get your opinion on uh dbc talked about it. and it's something that i i i've been thinking about in the in the past year or so uh maybe even before um you know they brought up that what is actually a better stepping stone um uh, to show your talent uh yeah, and to this. get into the cup series right um so I'm, i just want to point out you know a couple easy examples um the transition for like Zane Smith to go run, uh, what was it? The six car at Milwaukee, right? Goes out there, runs, was it top, top 10, top 12, somewhere around there, right? Top his, 15, yeah, in the 17 and, at Gateway. Yeah, in his first, um, you know, in his first start there. Um, but I think the two ones I want to point out is speaking of Derek Krause, the guy did nothing but really struggle in, in the trucks, goes into a, higher horsepower car uh less downforce car that takes more driver talent goes out there and runs better than his run better than his teammates out of one out of one races this year um been in the top 10 twice and i think one of the biggest things that i kind of go back and look at too is she gets a lot of bad rap in the truck series um would be you know Haley deegan but if you go back and look at her only xfinity start she ran really well right she ran really well she she her race craft was good you know she drove up through the field you don't see her do that in the truck series um so i i kind of agree with 
what um, what they said on DBC. I do think that if you want to show your talent, you go to the Xfinity series, you skip the truck series. But if you want to be more prepared for the Cup Series now, you want to be in the Truck Series and not in the Xfinity Series. And I kind of agree with that. Um, you know, the aggression in the Cup Series is more like the Truck Series. The air is more like the Truck Series. Um, the horsepower to downforce level is much, much closer to the Truck Series level. Um, you know, which is just kind of odd to say. Uh, but right now, I think... I think some of our best race car drivers are probably in the Xfinity series rather than the cup series. Yeah, that's a fair argument. Um, and yeah, I mean that it's pretty interesting the way you can go with that. Um, because yeah, I mean, on the one hand, the Xfinity from Xfin or the, I'm sorry, the transition from Xfinity to cup, um, talent wise is probably a better way to go. Cause you, like you said, you you showcase your talents better in Xfinity because you're not having to worry about you know a bogged down truck that can get side drafted if you look at it wrong um, and slow you down twenty miles an hour. But um, you know, I, I listening to what Brett said, it was interesting too because even with a truck, you learn how to to race the air better than you would in an Xfinity car, which is obviously becoming you know a commodity or a necessity in the cup series nowadays. Um, so <laughs> I would say personally, I do think that the Xfinity two cup is still the better way to go just because you're getting a better idea of how to actually race and build up your race craft with that, where the trucks, obviously you're just, you're really just learning how to race the air. Um, and you know, the trucks around you and learning that air manipulation, which obviously will help you to cup, but I, I don't think that you're getting that real race craft um, that you do in the Xfinity series. So it, it's interesting the two ways that you can look at it because there's there's two different outcomes with the paths. But um, personally, I would still prefer the Xfinity to Cup rather than the you know the full truck to Xfinity to Cup. I would just I would skip truck altogether at this point just based off what we've seen. You mentioned Derek Krause and uh, Haley Deegan. The Haley Deegan one is the one that really sticks out to me. Um, because I, I watched that race and I remember going in with the expectations of, you know, I really don't know how she's going to do. And I think she fit, she finished around like 17th or some or not 17th, I think like 13th or somewhere around there. And yeah, I think it was 13th. Yeah. And I mean, she wasn't in the way really. She was, she wasn't, you know, she didn't have the race winning pace, but at the same time she, you know, stayed she out of the way when she, she drove, she it, drove yeah. from like 30th. So, I mean, yeah, it, that's. She yeah. she did a better job in Xfinity the one start that she did from the the two years of truck that yep. from what I've saw so um, that that's why I feel that the you know just skipping the the truck series is the better alternative and I mean um, there's a few guys that did that I know Ty Gibbs is one um, I guess uh, technically Daniel Suarez I know he ran a few truck races but it was never full time. Um, and I don't know of anybody else really off the top of my head, but there's a few guys that have done it. Uh, I'm not saying that their career has been better or worse, but um, it can be done and it's still a viable path. Yeah, I think, I think it would have been, I think it honestly would have been extremely interesting had, um, had like Zane Smith maybe moved up to the 41 instead of priest this year, just to kind of get an idea of like him versus, this you know someone like Ty Gibbs or Noah Graxon to see like how the performance would be 
like Ty Gibbs is catching, uh, you know, he's he's getting better every week, running top ten every week now. But at the beginning, he he was he was struggling. You know, um, I, who know? I don't know what's going on. Legacy, Legacy Motor Club. It's like they got seven time seven time champion got there and they got worse. Um, I don't I don't know how that happens, but man, they are terrible. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's an inner. It, it was such an interesting topic that I thought that I, I wanted to get your opinion on it because. Honestly, I mean, what, what's, what's, I kind of agree. What's the best way to go, you know, to, to, you know, try to make it to the cup series. Now I, I really do think that it's a toss up. Um, you know, what's the difference if you win 10 races in the trucks and four races or five races in Xfinity, what, what really makes you look better and makes you more cup ready? Um, that's, that's definitely a solid, solid argument. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, I know you had mentioned Zane Smith. He uh, he arguably would have been better ready this year for for Xfinity at this point because he's showing this year at this point. I think this year is going to be a waste for him in the trucks. So obviously, I think he'll make it to the final four. But when you start running, you know, first through third pretty much every week and are up front for the majority of the race, I think it's fair to say that you're you're ready to move on. So if they uh, if front row does not get him in an Xfinity or a cup ride next year or, you know, even Ford in general, if they don't move him up, he, uh, he may be a, a guy that gets snatched up again. I know that he was snatched away from GMS to fill that 38 truck role. So, um, could happen again think, if, you know, I no think that's going to, I, I think that's going to end up who's going to be in the four car. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that the two front runners are, are Eric Jones and, and, and Zane Smith right now. Yeah, that I would have to agree with that. All right, last point because it was a big talking point, obviously, for this week with the the racing that we saw. Um, you know, you and I have beat this horse to horse to death for weeks. So um, one more I do time. Want, yeah, I I want to well, I want to keep this one kind of at a specific subject at this point, um, and I don't want it to go on for too long. But um, there have been a lot of things noted about what's hurting the short track package. Um, Shifting NASCAR. Well, to be, to get more specific, yes, NASCAR themselves are hurting it. But to get into the specifics of the car and what's hurting it, shifting low RPM, the low horsepower, too good of brakes was brought up today, or I guess yesterday, and too hard of a tire have all been things noted. Um, I kind of want to give my two cents on this, and then Michael, I'll let you take the stage here, um, because at this point, I'm kind of under the impression and I'm obviously all of those things as a whole or what's hurting this package. But the one thing that, um, I hear, I keep hearing drivers talk about, um, it's something that really bothers me. Um, and even some legends of the sport have said it really doesn't belong here is the shifting because we're doing it almost everywhere. Um, obviously with exception of the, super speedways and stuff like that even sometimes on the the mile and a half but um we did it at dirt yeah the shifting needs to go i don't care how we do it you know what we do to get rid of it i honestly don't even want the fifth gear anymore like it was cool oh we got another gear just let's just get rid of it put it to four and let's just stop shifting at this point whether that means getting the horse or the RPM back up to at a point where we don't need it anymore, or you know we do something with the actual transmission with that, 
let's just get rid of it, man. We shouldn't be shifting at a short track or any track in general, unless it's a road course. Like this is NASCAR. I don't, I don't think under any circumstances, like I said, unless it's a road course, do we need to be shifting? Because it's already been well documented. When you're shifting, you're getting all those higher horsepower or horsepower uh, RPM. And I mean, when you're doing that in the middle of the corner, you're essentially getting a, a small shot of nitrous and it's just excelling you off the corner and propelling you down the straightaway. And I mean, that obviously is factoring into the, the lack of passing that we, I guess the really the lack of racing that we saw um, on Sunday. Um, obviously a lot of those other things are hurting the package as well. Like I said, but I mean, if we're narrowing it down to one thing and one thing alone that we can take away or make better, I would, I would get rid of the shifting today. Honestly, obviously I want the horsepower back up to a point where, you know, I'd love to be up at 900 again, but I mean, if we're looking at this from a realistic standpoint, um, and I don't even know if the shifting is very realistic, but I mean, we got to do something because I mean, I, we both feared going into that weekend that it was probably going to look pretty similar and I didn't think it was going to look that bad, but that was bad. And I mean, we've seen a lot of Martinsville racing. If you have a guy that's going to dominate that entire first stage and then get a speeding penalty, go all the way back to 20th, and that's where he runs the rest of the race, do we not see a problem with that? Like, maybe some of the newer fans don't see a problem with that, but, I mean, he literally could not do anything about that, and neither could Kyle. Not that I'm trying to bail him out of anything, but all I'm saying is when you get these guys that are really good especially that day with Ryan Priest, when you saw what he was doing, if you have guys that good and they get sent to the back and can't recover from that, like quite literally can't do anything about that, that's a major problem. And I think I'm done. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'm going to actually kind of cover all the, the rest of the rest of the, the topics. Um, yeah, no, shifting is, is a major problem. Um, you know, it does one of, it actually does one of two things, depending on how you, how you use it. Um, so not only does it help you slow down better with the bigger brakes, right? It also helps you, well, I guess it is three things that helps you out, right? That, that, that really hurts passing. It helps you slow down a little bit more. So you have those massive brakes on it that already say cut, you know, breaking a hundred, you know, a hundred meters, you know, now you probably add the shifting in that probably, uh, probably helps you another hundred meters. So it's a lot harder to make moves on the inside to beat a guy going into the corner. Two, uh, some drivers like Tyler Reddick actually use it to turn the car in the center of the corner, right? So if you have a tighter race car, you use that to try to, you know, it's not gone, but it is a tool to make that go away. Um, And then, of course, you know, it adds the benefit of, uh, you know, I blow the corner, I'm just going to drop a gear step on it and the rpms are so low as it is and the horsepower is so low that it creates so very little tire spin um and it just doesn't doesn't wear the rear tires out i mean like denny hamlin said it you know what creates good racing is wearing the tires out right now they don't have the tools to actually wear anything out if they're not wearing the rear tires out while downshifting into a lower rpm that's telling you the the problem right there right it's yeah no shifting's got to go they they gotta have more horsepower. They 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 fi- have to find some way. I don't care if they 
put the Energizer Bunny in the back of the, in the back of his race cars. They got to figure out something. Um, they 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 at least got to get to seven fifty, you know, seven fifty to eight hundred. They have to, you know. And I, what's what I think what frustrates me the most about this is, you know, what does it hurt put it if you're NASCAR? What does it hurt putting eight hundred horsepower back into this car? And what happens if it produces the best racing we've seen? Right, cures a lot of the problems. Because I mean, what was it? Denny Hamlin, uh, you know, didn't. What did he say? Like for every like fifty horsepower, they'd run like. I think it was two tenths. A, yeah, a couple tenths faster, right? Add the horsepower back. Let let the tires wear out. You know, well, even he made the point of you know, if they're not saving any money with lowering the horsepower, then what's the point of us still lowering the horsepower? He made the point that, and I heard it this rumor at some point too, that they were lowering it to try and entice new manufacturers. There's nobody knocking on the door, so what? What's the point at this point? Like, well, I, I I'll kind of defend NASCAR on this one. Um, so I I personally believe, look, I don't I don't think we're gonna see anywhere close to a 900 horsepower uh, combustion engine. I don't uh, either. Again, I I think I think the reason that they are so I'm this is my honest opinion. I think they're so dead set on a lower horsepower is to add, to add the electric electrification later on to bump that number back up to an 800, 900 horsepower engine. I do think NASCAR does want to get back there eventually. I don't think their goal is to run a 600 horsepower engine. I think that with this new car, with the, you know, zero emissions that they, that they want to create by 2035, with the way all these other racing series are going, I think NASCAR wants to follow that similar path and add a quarter of your horsepower in by your by an electric motor. I think that's ultimately going to be the goal. Um, but it's what Denny Hamlin says. Do you want to sacrifice millions now to hurt your product to then wait to get electrification? They're not even doing... We're not at the point where we're doing testing in a car that we're talking about yet right so in my opinion they're in the early stages of electrification i mean we heard that indycar was going to go to an electric motor um two years ago and we still haven't seen uh we just got the actual track testing i think this year with with the indycar with their hybrid hybrid system right so in my opinion we're at least two years out from just testing a hybrid system in a cup car let alone actually getting to it and we're just going to kill our entertainment value now in in that prospect, you know. And then you just like all of like Denny Hamlin, one hundred percent said it correctly. You cannot just fix one of these problems and produce what we want. It's a it's a production. It, it's a culmination of everything, right? We have more mechanical grip. We have much much wider tires. We have much much bigger brakes. We have much less horsepower. You add in shifting, you add in, you know, lower RPMs, you add in, you know, more downforce, you know, a bigger weight. All of those things are creating our problem. You can't just say, okay, I want smaller tires and it'll fix it. I want tires that are wear. Tires that are wear will be great. We're going to find out what this, what this package looks like at a high wear racetrack. That's a, uh, that's a short track when we go to North Wilkesboro, right? If, if, if that racetrack puts on, amazing beautiful racing great passing things like that 
then we better come back to to Richmond and we better come back to Martinsville with a softer tire. But if you look at Richmond, Richmond is a high rear racetrack and we still don't get good side by side a lot of pass, you know, a lot of passing. I mean, what was it? Denny Hamlin drove through the field, but then got stuck in 11th the last run and literally went nowhere. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's not a problem that you're going to fix with one of these, you know, one of these bad things aren't, aren't going to, are being fixed isn't going to fix the racing. Uh, I think we're, I, we're stuck. I mean, it, NASCAR has to make a decision on what they want to do, but right now, no matter what, if they just try to fix one, like the shifting, okay, the shifting is actually just going to make lap time slower. And I think it's going to make it actually harder to pass because they're going to have slower corner speeds. You know, the only thing that's going to do is maybe, maybe give you a shorter braking distance. But these cars have so little downforce and have or have so so much downforce and so much mechanical grip, right? At a short track, that's what you need is mechanical grip because it's a GT3 car. It's mechanical grip. That's what they're built off of. You know, you have a you have a a, a big ass BMW competing with a Porsche, right? In in a GT3 race because there's it relies on mechanical grip, not downforce, not drag. Any it's mechanical grip on these racetracks. And if you lower the RPMs, is all if you stick it in a in in fifth or fifth or fourth gear, all you're doing is putting it in a lower RPM range. So that means you literally can just mash the gas, and until you get to a certain RPM range, it'll never spin the tires. They they if they stuck it in one gear, say they stuck it in fourth, they might not start spinning the tires until a start finish line. You know, it's yeah, I, I man, we're we're screwed the, the short we are screwed man we're we're not well, we're not in a good spot that's what i was gonna ask just to kind of put a bow on this whole thing it's been very well documented that nascar developed a, a road course car for a, a primarily oval racing series and obviously we got this car in 2022 those numbers that i heard about possibly adding electrification were around what you said around two years two two, three years, so I heard about 2025 they wanted to let these teams kind of get comfortable with this car before they started throwing things at them. I guess my question is at this point, because, I mean, granted we're in year two, but we haven't seen a whole lot of budging on, you know, the the changing of the physical parts for this car, like the the main key components of this car. Do you think NASCAR actually tries to make any significant changes? And when I say significant... I mean, like, changes to the shifting, changes to the RPM, changes to the horsepower, changes to the brakes. The tires are going to be on Goodyear, so I can't really say anything about that. But of those four key components, do you think NASCAR makes a legitimate push to try and change anything with that? Or do you think they just try to hold off until we roll out the electrification at this point? Honestly, I don't know if they... I don't know if they can afford to not do anything. Um, you know, we are very, very, we are, and I know like some people bring it up on Twitter, right? We are in a really dangerous territory of something like an IndyCar split, right? You know, I think that is closer than I think people think because all of these teams are already, you know, worried about a TV deal. Well, you know why? If you produce fucking shitty ass racing every week, and especially on your bread and butter, which is which you promote is short track racing, 
right? That's what our that is literally what our series was based on. We would have no NASCAR series if it was not for short track racing, right? I think we can I think everybody can agree on that. So if we suck at the one thing that we shouldn't suck at, it we're not gonna get a good TV deal because nobody's fucking watching. Right? And the sad part is, is well, I think we'll see this week. Right, we saw a little bump up, and everybody wants to say it's a Chase Elliott effect. But if you're relying on one guy for five hundred thousand viewers, you're you're so well. Yeah, you are in some serious trouble, and no TV, no TV broadcast is going to want you for the money that you're ma- that you're asking, right? Because what the problem is now is that these teams want a cut of the pie. Well, NASCAR doesn't want to lose that much money, right? So. Either the teams are not going to make as much as they want, which is going to hurt the teams. NASCAR isn't going to make as much as they want, which is going to hurt our product, hurt our production. I mean, we're already we're already on what FS two, FS one for some of our biggest races. You know, it, we're already being pushed to a second and third channel. If our racing gets worse, what are we going to be on Fox News? I mean, what what was it? Um, What's NBC's other channel? CNN, I was going to say, we have been on CNBC. So. CNBC, uh, USA. I mean, like, we are now a second channel series. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are now a second channel series. We would be almost better off at this point to do like a Peacock thing does with IndyCar. Right? Because at least it's on the same channel. At least it's on the same thing every week. If you want to watch it, you log in. Now, if, if you don't have FS2, you got to watch it on your computer. Like, it, 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 we are we are already been, unless it's a big major race that they want to promote us for, we are already a second and, and third channel television, television, you know, uh, series. I, I don't know if NASCAR doesn't do anything about this race car over the next three, two to three years. I, I don't know what really the future... Look, NASCAR is going to be around. I'm not saying it's not going to be around. But I don't know what the actual future is going to be if they do nothing. Because they can't afford, they just can't. All the things that they're trying just have not worked. You know, and and we're going to start getting desperate and we're going to start throwing darts at the wall like Chicago Street Course. The race there is going to suck. Like, I'm sorry, it's going to suck. Racing on street courses suck. They suck, 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 suck. Nobody passes. And with a car that can't pass as it is, what do you think is going to happen? There's going to be a lot of crashes. We're going to look like fucking clowns, just like we did on the uh, at the last little bit of Coda. We can't... Fox can't even get who's driving the 15 car correctly. Right? There's, apparently, J.J. Lee's a 20, 2009 F1 world champion. Like, we are... like It's just, just bad. Discredit that, man. Listen. Uh, All right. Listen, Fox Fox still, we are how many races and still can't sync up audio to a race car, right? They still can't do that. It's because they do not care. I'm sorry, they don't. I just it it's I it's so frustrating because we like I said, we're now a second, third series a TV channel, like league. That's what we are. We're like XFL. We're like XFL, but there is no NFL. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're we're XFL and NFL because we just can't get our product right because we because we can't make major decisions. NASCAR needs to ask the teams and drivers, hey, 
if this happens, can we do it? This is what we're changing. This car could have the potential that everybody wants it to have if NASCAR is willing to make the decisions to do it. We don't need to be on such a wide tire. We don't need big brakes. We don't. I think if you left the downforce exactly the way it was, took away down, took away brakes, took away the mechanical grip from the tire, took away shifting, I think this car would be really, really good because it produces it produces very little like front front and it's this car creates very little front downforce compared to rear downforce right that's why you see the car like sit like this down the straightaway right because all the downforce is created from the diffuser if you create a ride height rule take away the tires take away the brakes you would have a really really good race car but until they realize that get rid of that fucking shitty ass diffuser it's not doing anything except making us look stupid um yeah it's that's why that's why the truck was it's like that's why the truck was so good in the rain right it had all the right things that it needed but nascar is unwilling to just do that if they if they were able to make the decisions the race car the race car is fine there's nothing wrong with the race car that's why i said the problem right now is nascar nascar needs to get their head out of their asses all right well i wish i had better news for you but uh we're going from a track where the package is not good garbage. to another track where the package is not good. Where, where, so where's the package not garbage? A mile and a half's were California, good last year, but yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, who are you no. picking? Pull a name out of the hat for uh, for Talladega here. Let's let's, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Ricky Bobby. Okay, marking that down. Who is uh? Is it just Xfinity this week? Just Xfinity and Cup. Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna go with Parker Kligerman. Damn, that was who I was gonna pick. Well, now I need to figure this out. Man, just pick Austin Hill. No, I'll just pick <laughs> Jesse. You know what? That is. Shouldn't have said that. All right, I'm going with Austin Hill this weekend. <laughs> definitely should not have said that. All right, which uh, which name out of the hat are you pulling for? Uh for cup i will note that zane smith is in the 38 this week not that that really matters with this package but anyways uh let's see um how many green white checkers are we gonna have as many as we need yeah unfortunate um hmm i'm gonna go with brad kezolowski You could have, uh, you could have also picked Austin Hill. He's in the uh, the sixty two this weekend. Hey, I could have picked Austin Dillon. Keith Rodden's gone. He has a shot. It's true. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with Bubba Wallace because he's uh usually pretty good at the super speedways. So see if he can. Avoid Man. a wreck that wasn't of his own doing this weekend and uh, pull it off. That guy can't even keep his wedding photos straight. That's <laughs> Listen, man, that's not on him, all right? It's not listen. on him. Don't you put that evil on him. Listen, there's two things that kind of come out with that. Who, ha who has a framed photo of somebody else's wedding picture? And then 
that's not like you know that's kind of weird well yeah i mean there's some weird people out here in california michael you should know that you know me that's kind of weird yeah that is true all right well that'll do it for talladega it appears uh don't expect more than two wide racing this weekend and uh people might be able to make moves I guarantee you that we wreck at least $2 million worth of race cars after the checkered flag should have flown. I will uh, not take you up on that because I have a feeling that's going to be true. So, <laughs> um, All right, well, uh, I think uh, that'll do it. Uh, I know there's no F1 this weekend. I'd well, No IndyCar. Okay. Is there any other no races this weekend? Uh, I think the only one is Supercross. Where are they at? Nah, I think they're in New York. New York? Hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're in, uh, what is it, MetLife Stadium? I think it's oh. a, day sh- a day show. Uh, Not even New York. It's in New Jersey. It's New York, New Jersey. Same thing. It's not. It's, it I is. Jet- I think it's where the Jets play. I, I don't know. I don't know football. That's where the Giants play, too. Oh, that's right. They play yeah. in the same stadium. See? I, See? I don't know. Yes, yeah, I don't know. See? All I know is that that was in New Jersey. So that's all I know. Same, 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 but different. It's not the same, though. Same, same, different. All right. <laughs> Anything else you want to say before we close it out here tonight? Uh, no, don't give me that opportunity. I can go on. Okay. For I'm, all right. We'll, uh, we'll cut you off there. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for us here. Uh, Michael, take us home. As always, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, Leave some comments. Let us know how we are doing. If we're doing bad, let us know. If we're doing good, let us know. Um, If you have any suggestions, let us know. Also, make sure you follow um, all of us on Twitter. Our Twitters are down on the screen, but also follow um, the 500 Mile Podcast on Twitter also. Um, We're going to be jumping up our activity on that uh, in the coming weeks. but I think my biggest thing is make sure you guys protect that I rating this week. I know that uh, it's going to be taking some hurting. So as far as that goes, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Um, hope you guys enjoyed Talladega, and we will catch you guys next weekend. So as always, my name is Michael. His name is Justin, and uh, we'll catch you later.